Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, you know what this means. It is a Friday morning. It is Memorial Day weekend. It is AEW Double or Nothing weekend, and that means it is time for our prediction show. Rick Uccino, SP3, with you guys here as always, and our special guest this time around, the man with no face as far as I'm concerned, but the, allegedly he has one, or so he says this is him. No one's ever actually seen this man in person unless you work for Bleacher Report. Chris Doc Mueller joining us here. What's going on, man? Thanks for doing this. The slander is real. So many people met me at All Out last year in Chicago. <laughs> so many people. So right. many people met this I'll, I'll have to get some confirmations or something. <laughs> I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this is good. You are uh, you are the go-to AEW guy over at Bleacher Report, so it's uh, great to get here. Uh, obviously, you guys have... Uh, if you Bleacher Report, AEW also have obviously have a great partnership and uh, Doc does great work for them over there. I mean, just the myriad of interviews that he's done with the likes of Samoa Joe and William Regal. And you just did uh, Wardlow, who uh, we're going to talk about today, who is absolutely killing it. That cage match on Wednesday was just sheer uh, brilliance, uh, more than what I thought we were going to get. But it was very, very well put together. The crowd is white hot for Wardlow. So make sure to check out uh, his interview over at uh, Bleacher Report uh, before uh, you guys uh, watch AEW or nothing on Bleacher Report uh, this weekend. And of course, you can check out my conversation with Ricky Starks. That is up right now. Or you can read about it over on Cage Side Seats. Uh, also, by the way, got to do a um, a quick update here. I know we are talking about AEW today. But for the last several weeks, Sid and I have been registering people for our Money in the Bank giveaway. Well, the news broke yesterday that WWE is moving Money in the Bank to a much smaller venue. Uh, it is no longer going to be at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, instead, it is now going to be at the MGM Grand Garden Arena which is a, uh, what, 17,000 seats, something of that nature. And apparently, as of this recording, this is the first time that Sid uh, is <laughs> hearing this news. Oh, jeez, really? <laughs> yes. yes, I do news writing, ladies and gentlemen, and I didn't hear about this until just now. Oh, my God. Oh, I love the genuine reaction. Oh, that man, that's great. Uh, ticket sales apparently not going well. Uh, well enough to, to have it in a football stadium. So they have moved it again to uh, the MGM. So that, that's a massive drop off. We're talking about 60,000 seats down to like 17,000 seats. Um, so I did reach out to WWE and ask them, uh, if we are still able to do the contest and they said, well, reach out to us in about two weeks. So you can still enter, please still enter. Check out my pinned tweet. If we cannot. Uh, meet the obligation of giving the tickets away we will find something to do maybe we'll punt it to another event i'll talk to wwe about that but we are what we will not do is draw our winners on june 2nd that is not going to happen so the contest is either off or it's been extended yeah so whoo 
Lot, uh, lot going on behind the scenes WWE. We got a ton to get to as far as double or nothing is concerned. And also, uh, Doc, I know I haven't really explained the rules to you yet, but I'll just ask you the question anyway. Do you believe that you can beat Sid in our trivia challenge coming up at the end of the show today? It really depends on what we're talking about, but I'm, I'm it, one of those it, people that people don't like to play Jeopardy with because I get a lot of hands. Do you know my resume? Former Quizzlemania champion, the reigning defending Sportskeeda wrestling trivia champion, all these things. The encyclopedia of professional wrestling is what people call it. See, now I'm afraid. It's all double or nothing, by the way, so we're only going back four years. Uh, Before we get... (laughs) Before we get into all of that in our predictions, got to first things first, thank our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, they are continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, uh, sports developments for uh, NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, NFL futures, all of it. Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Very easy to get started. Go to the website, use your mobile device. Sign up, use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50%, I say. Bet online where the game starts. And guys, let's dive into this pay-per-view here. It is not often that a pay-per-view will start with the main event, but Tony Khan has decided to go ahead and put this match out there for free. Uh, it is Hookhausen taking on Tony Nese and smart Mark Sterling on the buy-in here. Uh, SB3, your boy Hook, in action, on the pay-per-view, teaming up with my guy Dan Housen. How do you see this one going down? Well, as the number one hooker out on these streets, um, I got to go with Hook Housen for the victory here. This is probably the easiest match to predict. Hook Housen has gotten a bunch of popularity. The fans are behind them. Every every building they go into, you hear the Hook Housen chants. You see the signs. They got to go over here. I, I think, Doc, this is going to come down to which weak link cost their team to match right like is is it either they're going to get their hands on mark sterling and they're going to just and hook is just going to obliterate him and take him out or is tony nice going to get his hands on Danhausen and and steal a win here this would be a way to give hook his first loss without him actually eating the loss but i think these guys are way too over you, you, you got to put hook over here so i'm going to pick hook where are you going doc i, I mean it's got to be hook and Danhausen for two reasons one hook is so protected i don't think this is where he would suffer his first loss and two danhausen just lost to tony so tony and mark are probably taking this loss and it's most likely going to be mark i would assume so i i think it it almost has to be he's i I doubt this guy's even going to come down in ring gear. He's going to be wearing a suit and a neck brace because Tony has already said I can beat these guys on 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 by myself, and he's going to end up finding his way uh, into this match on accident. And it's probably going to be hilarious. I'm, you know, we're getting this for free. I'm cool with that. But uh, this, honestly, this is the match I'm looking forward to the most because I I just love Hook and uh, Danhausen uh, that that much. So I'm looking forward to this one. But we move over to the main card where we have ten matches. 10 matches and they may add one. All right. So the, there, there were reports that they might add Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Darby Allen on this card. Uh, it is not official as of this recording. So we're, we're not going to pick it, but this match is official. Uh, this is something a lot of people have been wanting to see 
since the last time these two threw down. Uh, it is the Elite versus the Delete. Young Bucks and the Hardy Boys. Excuse me, the Hardys. Old habits die hard. Uh, SP3, how do you see this one uh, going down? This one's very interesting. I was there live for the last time these two teams went at it. WrestleMania weekend in 2017 in Orlando. They sold out the joint, the building in, in Lakeland, Florida. I got to meet the Hardys and the Young Bucks before they had a classic ladder match for the ROH World Tag Team Championships. I don't think this match is going to be that good, as good as that match, to be honest, which I think stole the entire WrestleMania weekend. Only a little bit to... more wear and tear on these teams over the last few years. Yeah, and it's mainly due to the Hardys wear and tear and the fact that Jeff Hardy nearly killed himself against Darby <laughs> Allen uh, just a couple of weeks back. So I think this match is going to be very good, though, and I think that the Hardys do get the victory. They still got the new car smell on them in AEW, and you want to push them to the point that they do get the opportunity at the AEW World Tag Team Championships. I don't know if they'll complete their story and win them, but I think they do get the victory here. Doc, how do you think this one goes down? Who won their last encounter for the ROH titles? I'm I didn't the see Young that. Bucks. Yeah. The young Bucks. Okay. Because that was like the yeah. day before they made their big WrestleMania return, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Now it's all coming back to me. All right. Well in that case, it's got to be the Hardys then, because I feel like if they're going to do some kind of long-term thing with these guys telling a story over multiple promotions and matches, it's got to go back and forth. Plus, like you said, it's going to be good to get the Hardys in the tag title scene at least once, and giving them a win over the Bucks will kind of propel them. I don't know why. I'm not saying it's the 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 right move to make. Uh, in either situation, but I have a, a a feeling like this is going to be a very good and big night for the elite. Uh, and I think it is going to start with the young bucks. I think they are going to get the win uh, over the Hardys. I don't know how, I don't know if it's going to be clean. I don't know if there's going to be some shenanigans, probably some shenanigans involved here, but I just, just call it a gut feeling. You could flip a coin on this one. Like I, I really don't know, but I just have a gut feeling that the, the bucks are going to go over here. Like the elite's been picking up because there was a while there, they were losing a lot of matches and they have steadily been picking up uh, momentum as it goes. And especially as we're heading into forbidden door, as we saw this past Wednesday, like the first official start and build is now heading to that. I think elite's going to go into that program white hot. And I got a feeling that the young bucks are winning this matchup. That's fair. I think that the bucks losing here will play into the overarching story with the undisputed elite though. It's fair. Yeah, it, I, I think it's going to depend. It might depend, honestly, if Kyle O'Reilly gets on this card as well, because that could tie in there uh, as well. But right now, we only have, as far as I know, two matches featuring uh, elite members, and the other one doesn't have a graphic, or at least I couldn't find it. So uh, we got the uh, Owen Hart men's final, Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Said when this bracket came out, this was the, the match that we anticipated we thought this one was the most likely to go down and i believe at both times we said we could see jay lethal getting involved here and and costing samoa joe a lot of the interruptions have been post-match this one might be the time where they get in while the match is going on and that's the direction i'm leaning toward i think adam cole is going to be the guy who walks away uh with the owen hart's uh, men's cup championship 
whatever it is. I know Tony called it. Uh, Tony Khan did his uh, call today, his press tour conference call, and said that they have something for the winners that has been approved by the Hart family. Although we we don't know what it is, if the transcript I read is accurate. Um, so I'm going with Adam Cole to take home whatever that prize is going to be. Um, I think this is the biggest toss-up on the card honestly outside of the main event i think that this could go either way because they're really giving samoa joe this push he's the roh tv champion and aew does a good job of protecting their champions whether they're from roh or not so i it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if samoa joe wins this wins this cup and wins here but Adam Cole has taken so many losses. I think that the right move is for Adam Cole to win here. He's never won on AEW pay-per-view yet since his debut. He lost that full gear in the six-man falls count anywhere match against Christian, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus with the Young Bucks. He lost against Hangman Adam Page at Revolution. This is the time to get the victory here to set Adam Cole up for a big match at Forbidden Door against a top star from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I think Adam Cole wins here. Doc, is it a clean sweep? Are you picking Adam Cole to take home the Owen Hart? I mean, I can I can actually tell you that and skip another match. I think it's going to be Baker and Cole taking home both. I think the power couple of AEW, the new power couple of AEW anyway, because <laughs> Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford aren't really a thing anymore. Um yeah, I think this is going to be Colin Baker's night, and I think it's going to shut up a lot of the people who are saying, oh, look at Adam Cole, since he got to AEW, they're not doing anything. It's like, no, they're going to book him to win this tournament. Joe doesn't need it. Joe has the ROH TV title right now. Joe has a lot more, like Cole is a worldwide star, but Joe has a lot more goodwill with the crowd already. So I think, yeah, Cole goes over here, probably dirty. There's going to be some interference in some way, I'm sure. But that's what I see happening. Yeah, you brought up uh, Britt Baker. And boy, I did see a lot of people complaining on Twitter Tuesday that they they that she beat Tony Storm in that matchup. A lot of people thought Tony Storm needed it more, which I would agree. I don't think Britt Baker needs this tournament win at all. But Doc, I agree with you. Like, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like when this the way that this tournament has been built and the way that this is, is shaking out, I think not only was this built for Britt Baker to get to the finals because they didn't want to leave her off the double or nothing card. She is still, uh, you know, one a one B with Thunder Rosa as your top women's star and Jade Cargill is, is coming up. They've done a great job of elevating the women's division as far as star power over the last several months. And we got three matches, three women's matches on this card, which is fantastic. And the finals is going to be Britt Baker versus either Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. That match is going to take place uh, tonight on rampage. Um, my guess is that Ruby Soho beats Chris Statlander. Statlander was somebody who was inserted into this tournament at uh, a later time, wasn't originally in it. And it's been all about Britt Baker, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho in this in this build and Jamie Hayter earlier on. It's going to come down to Britt and Ruby. I think Ruby needs it. I think Ruby deserves it. But I know, I know AEW, and I think, yes, they're going to have the power couple here. And I think that would be a hell of an image with uh, Dr. Britt Baker and Adam Cole both winning the inaugural Owen Hearts and and kind of making that a storyline with them being like the power couple in AEW and maybe you maybe you start something between them and Ty and Sammy Guevara that might be a way they go down there I'm just throwing stuff out there and seeing what sticks but yeah I think whether it's Ruby or Statlander I think Ruby makes the most sense 
Britt's going to win, although it should be Ruby who wins SP3. Yeah, I'm going to be the one that's different here and go with Ruby Soho for the victory here. I think she does beat Chris Statlander on Rampage tonight, and I think that she gets her win back against Baker from Grand Slam when she lost for the AEW Women's World Championship. I think that this whole tournament has really seen a revitalization of Ruby Soho. Tony Khan says he listens to the fans on social media, and one of their big sticking points has been the booking of Ruby Soho when she was off of TV for the early part of this year. They put her back on TV in the feud leading up to the tournament, and she's picked up victories against former champion Riho. She'll pick up a victory over Chris Statlander again, and now she'll finally beat Britt Baker to win the tournament. You got to have at least one baby face win a Owen Hart Cup tournament. Come on. I mean, I mean do you? Owen's a notorious heel, man. Like, I think it makes sense. Martha Hart heels. ain't. Martha <laughs> Hart ain't no heel. But Martha Hart be. is Martha Hart. This is the Owen Hart tournament. Hey, Owen ain't here to celebrate with the winner. Martha Hart need a baby face to celebrate with. Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think with Brit. She gets such a mixed reaction that if she wins, she might get that baby face pop, honestly. But it also depends on which one of these women she ends up against, because I think if she goes in against Statlander, it's going to be more evenly mixed between the two, even though I love Statlander. And I think with Soho, you're going to have a lot more baby face support for her. Um, but I could also see I, I my prediction for the way the whole thing plays out is I see Soho beating Statlander. And I would not be surprised if this facilitated a heel turn for Statlander, even though I don't necessarily think she needs it because her character is getting a little more edge to it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the route they took. And then, yeah, I I just Baker and Soho seems like that's the match that they're going to put on the pay-per-view. Yeah. And I think they were, they were clearly because this, this whole tournament's been built around those three, including Tony Storm, and as I said earlier, Jamie Hayter. So this one was kind of telegraphed early on. Uh, but yeah, I I think we also got to remember Tony didn't come into AEW as like a multi-time women's champion with WWE or anything like that. She's not like I, I like I'm a big Tony Storm fan, but she's not a Mickey James or a Trish Stratus where you need to book her like a legend right out of the gate. She can take some time to get built up. She's in her early 20s. This girl is going to be around for a long time if she wants to be. So, yeah, I think she's got a bright future in AEW. It's just going to take some time like it does for everybody. 100% agree. Uh, One of the uh, people on this card who has uh, definitely gotten over whatever your definition of it is, uh, is Wardlow. This is a guy who is massively over with the crowd. Brilliant stuff this past uh, Wednesday in that cage match. He was standing on top of the cage afterwards, staring down uh, MJF after he got clubbed by the chairman. Uh, and and Wardlow was able to beat Sean Spears in that cage match uh, after the uh, actual referee came down. So this match is going down. Wardlow gets out of his contract with MJF if he picks up the win. Sid, I don't think there is any way, shape, or form that it makes sense for MJF to to win this matchup. I think this story has been told brilliantly, but I think it is time to to let these two kind of separate. They have done a fantastic job of of building Wardlow, and they have a top level baby face. It is time to let this peacock fly, if you know what I'm saying. 
this is by far the best build up of any matchup on this card. Uh, both men have done an exceptional job of building up to this matchup ever since Revolution, where Warlow officially became a babyface. And I think Warlow gets his WrestleMania 21 moment. Like Doc, Doc talked about him, with him. Like many people talked about it with him. This is his biggest match of his career, uh, and I think Warlow gets the victory here. I think the real question is how many power bombs is he going to hit with the power bomb symphony? Because he said he wants to make a world record here. Uh, I think he said at least he wants ten. Right, Doc? You talk. <laughs> yeah, that is what he said in our interview. He said he owes Max at least ten. He's going to power bomb Max until his own arms fall off. And he's going to embarrass him physically and mentally. Like, yeah, this is going to be a, this won't be a competitive match. I feel this will be a brutalization. We'll see MJF do some dirty stuff to try and get the advantage early. And then it's just going to be Wardlow destroying him. I, I, I see this being the shortest match on the card and it's definitely going to end with Wardlow having his hand raised. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've been kind of waiting for, for Wardlow to like officially be unleashed and show off all the all the things that he can do in wrestling. We we've seen a little bit of it here or there with the the you know adding the Swanton bond bomb to his uh, resume, even though he kind of overshoots it a, a little bit every time. But you know, we, he's a tremendous athlete and I'm waiting for him to unleash more of it. I don't expect a lot of his high flying in this one. And I don't think there should be a lot of his high flying in this. This should just be I want to murder you. And yes, brutalize MJF. I think that is the the appropriate uh, ex explanation for how this match should go down. And I would not be surprised if he does do 10 power bombs on MJF and then pins him to a massive crowd reaction. I think Wardlow wins this one and he should uh, win this matchup. Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. Uh, Jade Cargill is going to be uh, defending her TBS championship against Anna Jay. This is not the time to stop the wave of momentum for Jade Cargill. I'm happy that this card, uh, this, this match is on this card. It's getting a pay-per-view spot SP3, but Jade's going to win this one going away. This is the inverse to MJF and Wardlow because there's been no buildup for this one. This is the the least built-up matchup on this card, but I think it's going to be a good one. I think I would say Jay Cargill's best match was against Anna Jay in the main event on Rampage in January, and I think these two women will deliver again, but this is easy. Jay Cargill for the win. Doc? Yeah, it's got to be Jade. I mean, she, she's got the baddies now. She's... She's building a group around her. Taking the title off her right now would be the wrong move just in terms of building that group and their success. And you know, the buildup being lackluster for this one, I don't really mind because the TBS title has always been like a short term, like you're going to challenge me. Okay, I'm just going to go beat you in one match and then I'm moving on kind of title. So that doesn't really bother me so much with this. And I mean, I'm even surprised we're getting this long program with the TNT title. Cause for a long time, the TNT title served that same purpose. So yeah, I really do see this as just being Jade getting, she's going to make Anna look good, but at the end of the day, Jade's going to be the one keeping that title. Strap in for this one. Uh, this is one that uh, has been, slowly burning for a while now and this feud is finally going to culminate at least we expect it to uh with this trios match on sunday death triangle taking on a house of black 
Uh, SP3, this was, uh, we, we agreed when we talked about this on the podcast earlier this week, this is one of the top two matches for us as far as anticipation goes uh, on the card. Who picks up the win this Sunday? Yeah, as far as in the ring, this may be the best match on the card, or at least it's a dark horse to be one of the best matches on the card. Death Triangle has been one of the best trios and groups in AEW since they formed in early 2020, but this is House of Black's match to win. They're undefeated as a trio. Malachi Black, uh, I wouldn't say it has hasn't set the world on fire since the end of his Cody Rhodes feud. So they need to get the victory here. And I would say this would position them as one of the favorites to become the first ever AEW trios champions whenever those titles are introduced. Yeah. I mean, I said slow burn and I said that for a reason, because that is exactly what it has been with, with Malachi black and the house of black. I mean, they, they have been a lot of not to, you know, bring up Cody Rhodes, but like smoke and mirrors with the, with these guys, a lot of great promos, a lot of great visuals, but they haven't collected anything of substance. They talk a great game, but they, they just don't have any like major wins. And I think this would be the, the, the first one here. If you do everything with the presentation that you've done with, uh, with house of black and they talk the game that they do, and then they go out and they lose this match. I don't know if that's the booking decision that you want to go with. So I think House of Black almost needs to win this match. And I'm going to say that they do win it. Doc, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, I feel like even though Pac and the Lucha Bros certainly would benefit from the win, just because both of them have been sort of out of the loop on major storylines for a little bit, it is definitely going to help House of Black more. And I also think this would be the perfect time to actually pull the trigger on the Julia Hart thing and have oh, her yeah. fully join. And like, I have a whole scenario in my head. Like she comes down in her cheerleader gear. You think she's going to help Pac when the ref is down she hands him a chair to hit Malachi or whatever. He turns around, she low blows him. Malachi kicks him in the head match ends. She's a whole new person after that. I think they should have pulled the trigger when the whole Pillman Garrison stuff was going on a couple weeks yeah. ago and they didn't. And I get the urge to slow burn it, but this is the pay-per-view. This is you want to make Julia Hart into a star. You want to put her in front of eyes. This is where you do it. Yeah. They got to pull that trigger sooner rather than later. I mean, they, they can't elongate that too terribly much. I mean, AEW does a great job of, of long-term booking, but this is one of those things. I agree with you. This, it should have been over. It should have been done by now. Yeah. Um, so maybe you go ahead and you you kill two birds with one stone and both of those storylines, boom, here uh, at Double or Nothing uh, on Sunday and uh, call it a day and move forward. Uh, as far as in-ring is concerned, if the triple threat match that we saw on Wednesday is any indication whatsoever of how this match is going to go down, ladies and gentlemen, here is your show stealer, the AEW World Tag Team Championships on the line, Jurassic Express defending against uh, broke ass Keenan and Kel, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, <laughs> and then Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Again, check out my interview with uh, Ricky Starks. He's the one who coined that phrase. Uh, Doc, do we get new AEW tag team champions on Sunday? Yes or no? I think we do. I just do not know which team they're going to put them on. Um, if I'm booking, I'm putting them on Starks and Hobbs because those guys have been fantastic in recent months. 
Ricky is one of those guys that just keeps dropping hilarious, memorable lines. Like their episode of Hey EW with RJ City is one of my favorite of that series so far. Uh, y- your interview with him was great, man. Like his whole thing about like, what are you passionate about women? Like that just killed me. <laughs> so yeah, I would put him on Starks and Hobbs, but there, there's a part of me that says Tony wants Swerve and Lee to have some gold at some point. And the yeah. TNT and world titles aren't in the mix for them right now. So this feels like the next best option. I mean, I'm looking at, I, I look at the, the work that starks and hobbs if you looked at what hobbs has done if you didn't see his tweet about just the body transformation and all the work that he's put in to get better over the last 18 months uh and you know ricky had his his neck injury and he was able to come back from that and i know he's got the ftw championship but i mean not not to say that that doesn't mean shit but it kind of doesn't mean shit it's not a recognized championship uh in in aew even though they do defend it but i mean I think these guys, these guys need to get another run in, another run in for SP3. Uh, I think we do need to. I, I think these guys need it. I think the work that they've put in, they've been there longer. Um, if any, if they're gonna pull the trigger and drop the belts off of Jurassic Express, which I think is is going to happen, there's something cooking there between Jungle Boy and and Christian and Luchasaurus. I think that's gonna come to a head on Sunday. At least that's what I expect, or shortly thereafter. They could put them on Keith Lee and Swerve, and I would totally understand if they did it. But I'm rooting for uh, I'm rooting for uh, Hobbs and and Starks in this one, and I think they're going to walk away with the titles. I really want to go with Hobbs and Starks because I love Team Taz. Team Taz is my favorite group in AEW, and you know Antoine Khan, the great liberator of black wrestlers, he would want to put the title on uh, Starks and Hobbs, but. But um, I think Jurassic Express are going to retain the titles. I think, wow. uh, yeah, I think they are going to retain the titles, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, I say that. I like Jungle Boy. I like Lucha Stories. But I do want to see the real progression of this story of them losing the titles and Christian turning heel. But I just don't see it happening at this show. I think it's going to be a spectacular match, arguably the match of the night. But I got Jurassic Express retained. Man, it's it's so hard. It, it, it's so hard to pick and choose with all these with these different tag teams because this division is so stacked. I almost feel like I almost feel like if you're if if you have the belts on a team for more than 150 days, it's like you're kind of doing a disservice to the rest of the tag team division. But they do, you know, they have been able to elevate FTR with the Ring of Honor uh, tag team championship. So they really, it's it's kind of almost like they have their own version of the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. There, they got two separate even though WWE only has one. Anyway, forget it. Uh, so those for, AAA titles are in the mix once in a while. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, they, too, got, so they, they got multiple tag team titles for them to play with. And once again, Starks and Hobbs, they've been very protected as a tag team. They've only lost one tag team match in the whole duration of them being together for two years. Really? Only lost to Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes at the first Winter is Coming right before Sting's debut back in 2020. That's the only tag team match they've lost together and this wow. is their first pay-per-view appearance as an as a as a tag team put the damn belts on them they, they, they should win this one uh this one should be uh a, a lot of fun uh anarchy in the arena they're not no forget stadium stampede uh it is the blackpool combat club 
Moxley, Danielson, Santana, Ortiz, Eddie Kingston against the Jericho Appreciation Society. Look at jacked-ass Jake Hager right there. Doc, who wins this one and why? This is one I actually have a hard time predicting because I actually think there's big benefits to both sides winning. Like Jericho Appreciation Society is trying to build up three new young guys next to Hager and Jericho, and this win would do that. And they've already sort of established that Kingston and Brian don't necessarily get along. So that could be the inroad for the Jericho Appreciation Society to sort of come in and take advantage of that not working out so well. So as much as I want it to be Santana Ortiz, Kingston and Blackpool Combat Club, I kind of see the Jericho Appreciation Society going over in this one. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Garcia who scores the win. Yeah, that that's kind of where I'm I'm leaning because this wasn't this wouldn't really be depending on who you beat this wouldn't really be a loss against the Blackpool Combat Club who had just been you know cooking with gas ever since they 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 formed together. Um, but SB3, you and I talked about this earlier this week. This is, for all intents and purposes, a storyline that has been built around can they coexist, which we make fun of so often when WWE does it. But this has actually worked really well because it is it's a very long term. Can they coexist? There is a lot of bad blood, mixed blood, whatever you want to call it. There is some history with all of these guys who are going to try and and figure things out and come together as a team and beat Jericho Appreciation Society, which are all on the same page. And yeah, ultimately, I think the hotheads are going to explode here and it's going to end up costing uh team Blackpool combat club here. And I think Jericho appreciation society are going to get the win. And if they do win, yes, it should be Daniel Garcia who picks up the fall or submission or whatever it's going to be. So I think Garcia is going to win this matchup on Sunday. Similar to, you know, Sammy Guevara getting the win for the inner circle last year uh, in the stadium stampede with the inner circle versus pinnacle. It does make sense for Daniel Garcia to get the victory here. And I just want to say overall, I felt like this, this buildup has been rushed. I feel like the whole Jericho appreciation society, they had a good buildup and they had a good feud going on with Kingston, Santana and Ortiz. And it feels like they tried to combine their first feud with their next feud with the Blackpool Combat Club, where it was really about Chris Jericho turning his back on two guys that he brought into AEW and Santana and Ortiz and his hatred for Eddie Kingston. And now it's become about pro wrestling versus the sports entertainment. That would have been great for the follow-up feud for the Jericho Appreciation Society when they were done with Kingston and Santana, but they've kind of just meshed it together and it hasn't really connected the way I think it should have. I think, Anytime you have a feud with John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, I should love it, but I just don't. So I think that that's an issue here, but I do think it does make sense for Jericho Appreciation Society to win. I think it sets up the blood and guts match that potentially can happen in a rematch to this where the babyface can finally go over. But uh, Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz are in this match. They're from New York. I'm from New York. I never go against New York, so I'm going with Blackpool Combat Club, Kingston, and Santana Ortiz. You know, th- there is part of me that thinks, you know, when you say that, the professional wrestlers against the, the the sports entertainers, there's part of me that thinks maybe TK kind of pulls the the Vince McMahon here and puts the professional wrestlers 
over on the sports entertainers. But man, that sweet heat when Jericho Appreciation Society wins on Sunday. I think that's exactly uh, what is going to go down. We have two matches left to get to before our trivia contest, and they are the two biggest matches on the card because they are for the top prizes in AEW. Sid, your girl, Thunder Rosa, defending her AEW Women's World Championship against Serena Deeb. I love Serena Deeb. Love the work that she's been doing both in the ring and outside of the ring. For me, this is easy. This is very, very easy. Thunder Rosa is going to retain uh, her women's championship and hopefully really kind of light the fire underneath uh, her title run so far because they haven't given her a whole lot of TV time since she has won this damn belt. Uh, so they, she needs to get a big win. She needs to defend this title successfully on Sunday and then hopefully get a lot more TV time moving forward because it has been a very slow start to her title run. She's going to win on Sunday, and hopefully that's the catalyst for something much bigger for her. Doc, how do you see this one going down? Uh, I kind of tend to agree with everything you just said, man. It's It, it seems like this is a lot of logic, so that makes yeah. sense. Thunder Rosa needs needs the win, you know, strengthen her title reign. Um, you know, her and Serena are both right now in, in like my top 10 list of just all professional wrestlers in terms of who are my favorites. And I'm really looking forward to this match because their past encounters have been great. You know, the NWA stuff yeah. that they did was fantastic. So yeah, I really see this being Thunder Rosa's night, but I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't the last time these two fought and I could see Deeb being an option to take the title from her down the line, but I see Deeb getting the TBS title at some point. That makes more sense to, to me as well. Um, SB three, if they were going to go for a shocker here, uh, they could decide to, to put the title on, uh, on Serena Deeb and maybe continue this view down to the summer. But I, I don't think that would be the right move to go, especially with how they booked Thunder Rosa, uh, since they put the title on her in the first place. So go off son. How's this one going down? Thunder Rosa is winning. I don't think we need to <laughs> spend any more time on this. Thunder Rosa going to win. Just put her in the ring after this show, Tony. She got over with three-minute matches against any woman you wanted to put her in the ring against. She would get the loudest pop, destroy them, and you would in and out. I don't understand why she's only had one match since she won the title. And, you know, she did a great promo on the go-home show, but a lot of these promos with the with the Serena Deeb haven't connected very well, haven't, you know, got rave reviews from everybody because Thunder Rosa is at her best in the ring. She's an ass-kicking warrior. Let her be the warrior more often on TV. Just because she's champion doesn't mean every time we have to see her is in a championship match. Let her have a non-title match and destroy somebody because that will keep her over and keep us entertained with this title reign. But Thunder Rosa get, wins here in what I think is going to be one of the best matches on the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These two have incredible chemistry with each other, like Doc alluded to. Their their previous encounters have all been really, really strong. I'm expecting this one to be the same. Thunder Rosa says she's bringing the war paint. She's bringing the thunder. She's bringing all of it on Sunday. And yes, I do believe she's going to return. And, and I don't understand this. Like Doc said, these two have history. Serena D beat her the twi two times before and took the NWA Women's World Championship from her. Why wasn't the feud about that? 
Why was the feud about making them the women's division the number one and Serena Deeb having to have a boob job in WWE and and Dustin Rose is is Thunder Rose's uh, mentor? I said from the very beginning after Thunder Rose won the title, put her against Serena Deeb. They have history. Serena Deeb can say, "I have your number." Easy feud to build, and they've convoluted this whole buildup, which is insane to me because. If you look at simple storytelling, doesn't always have to be, you know, lazy or bad. Case in point, I mean, this this whole build up to our final match here, CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page, it's been very meat and potatoes, but it's been damn good. It's just good, simple storytelling, which means sometimes going to the basics is the best choice. And you, yes, you had that obvious choice right there with Serena and uh, and, and Thunder Rosa, and they decided to go. Uh, the, the convoluted way around things, but that's the direction they decided to go. It's still going to be a good match uh, regardless. So let's get to our main event. The AEW world championship is on the line. Hangman Adam page, not only defending his title, but defending the entire company. He says against CM punk on Sunday SP three. Is it finally CM punk's moment? This man has not been a world champion in eight years. Does that stretch come to an end on Sunday in Las Vegas? Is he hoisting up the AEW World Championship? Nine years. He lost it at the Royal Rumble 2013, nine years ago. I I thought this was easy for me before the go-home promo. The go-home promo sets this up as a long-term feud that's going to have more than this one match. I thought there would be one match. Whoever wins, they shake hands at the end of it. It's over and done with. But the the go-home angle kind of built it to be more than just a one-match series. But I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with the guy I've been going with this entire build-up, CM Punk, new AEW world champion. Doc, I don't think this match, to me personally, I don't think this match is so much who walks away as the champion. I think this match is more about who walks away as the heel. Because these guys have both been just kind of bouncing back and forth. Who's the heel? Who's the baby face? You can kind of pick either one you want. Um, and it, it makes for you know compelling television, an interesting aspect to try to pick out of this because it is two baby faces going against one another. Very aggressive side of Hangman Adam Page, but he on Wednesday decided to put the entire damn company on his back and defend it against CM Punk. So I'm thinking maybe we don't necessarily get a clean finish. Maybe we don't necessarily get a title change, but we do find out uh, who of these two guys, if either one is going to make the full turn to the dark side. And I think this is something that CM Punk has been kind of waiting for. I almost feel like he's been waiting for the honeymoon period to, to end so he could go back to being that awesome heel that CM Punk is, which is why he was having so much damn fun when he was in Long Island uh, feuding against MJF. And we got that glimpse of how great of a heel CM Punk is. I have gone back and forth on this match so many damn times. So if you ask me tomorrow, I might change my mind, but I'm picking Hangman Adam Page to retain the title on Sunday over CM Punk. Doc, who is winning this matchup on Sunday? <sighs> I think I'm probably one of the people who actually thought the build for this was lackluster before that last exchange. That last exchange sold me on this feud, but before that, I really didn't feel like I had a reason to care about it other than my appreciation for the two guys involved. That being said, 
I think there's more value in Paige winning and Punk turning heel, if that's the way they decide to go, than there would be right now in a Punk heel turn and, or, or I mean a Punk title win. And the main reason I say that is because even though Punk obviously loves titles, the character anyway, I just don't think he needs it. Like I, I would be much happier if Punk at some point had a run as one of the tag team champions with somebody. Like he had talked about, like I think Blackpool Combat Club almost probably included him instead of Moxley because he talked about how he would love to form a tag team with Danielson. So, yeah, I think right now it's probably leaning towards, yeah, Adam Page retains whether Punk actually turns heel completely or not. Like maybe he'll just refuse a handshake at the end of the match and walk away, and that'll be like a catalyst, or he'll end the show by throwing Page through the stage. You know, it's going to be one of those two things. It's going to be fun, though. Uh, I think this, once again, AEW has done a spectacular job of, of building up this pay-per-view card. Going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, we talked about it earlier. I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, per Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, WWE, as of May 6th, had distributed 16,833 tickets for money in the bank. So essentially, uh, they're basically capping it at what they have sold uh, as of May the 6th. So if they had gone much more than that, uh, the interesting thing here is like, they're going to refund everybody and everybody's going to have to rebuy their tickets. So, oh, that's not good. That, of course, that, that's what I read. I don't know if that's actually a thing. Now, the people who had bought the tickets will have first stab at it. But man, how bad is this going to look if they come back? And You're going to have people who are like, I had front row seats and now I'm in section J sitting behind a pillar like yeah this is not going to turn is, out well no no this this seems like a bad bad idea uh what is never a bad idea is our believe you could beat sid trivia challenge and it is time to hop into that now doc let me tell you how this is going to work all right there are going to be three rounds the first two rounds are timed and they are multiple answers all right so the first round you will get 30 seconds to give me 10 answers the second round you will give me you, know, you have 10 seconds to give me five answers and then the final question will go head to head you will buzz in by saying your name if you get the answer right you will probably win because this final question is worth however many points that i deem it necessary to be uh to give you an idea of how this is going to go down sp3 will go first as always when you hear the music sp3 you can start with the first question gentlemen are you ready Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what to expect with this, the, but the I'm along. Fix is in. The fix is in already. All right. SP3. When the music starts, give me the answer to this question. 13 men from the first ever Casino Battle Royale at Double or Nothing in 2019 are still with the company today. 13 men from that Casino Battle Royale. So 13 to the 20 participants are still with the company right now. You have 30 seconds. To name 10 of them when you hear the music. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, MJF, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got uh, for you. Just throw out names, man. Um, Ricky Starks, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, Darby Allen, uh, 
Wow. Got four. Four of 13. Uh, Sonny Kiss, Sean Spears, Orange Cassidy, MJF, Adam Page, Mark Quinn, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Isaiah Cassidy, Brian Pillman Jr., Brandon Cutler, Billy Gunn, and Michael Nakazawa are all uh, still with the company. Nakazawa. Uh, he always gives me the harder one. had a match. Uh, like, he's I know had he does, one, I know he's had he one does, in 2022. I know he does like all the backstage stuff for them and like uh, helps with the gaming side, I believe. But man, he's one of those guys that I totally forgot. Him and him and Chima were like two of those early dudes who were there and I just don't know what happened to him. Yeah, so like when I peeling the curtain back when i went to set up this question i originally listed it as 12 and i did not have him as an answer and then i went back and checked out the roster just to double check uh because you had dudes like glacier in this match but they you know that was obvious that he's not still there but then i saw him on the page as an active roster with one match in 2022 and i'm like okay i guess we will go with 13 men for that answer so yes he's still technically correct all right doc do you see how this works yes all right you have 30 seconds. You're down four nothing. That is a uh, a very bad SP3 score. Usually he gets seven or higher. You have 30 seconds to name the 10 men who competed in the main event of Double or Nothing in 2020. When you hear the music start, 10 men competed in the main event of Double or Nothing in You 20- always give them the easier question. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear the music start, Doc, all right? Well... All right, so it was the inner circle. You had Jericho, Hager, Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Yep. On the other side, it was the elite. So it was Kenny, both Bucks, Matt and Nick, Paige. God, who was the last guy with them? Matt Hardy. It was Matt yes. Hardy. Yes, there you go. You got all 10. Because he did the transformation thing in the middle yes. of the match. I remember and he, that. And he now. got drowned. He was drowned in that <laughs> match. Uh, they, Santana and Ortiz actually walked out of the pool, high-fiving each other that they had just committed They had just committed murder right. uh, on pay-per-view. And then Matt Hardy emerged <laughs> out of the pool. Uh, yes, uh, that yes, it's it's hard to remember that one. SP3, there's only four years and so many multiple choice questions that I could come up with on this one. Don't give me but why can't I get the one that's closer to the year we're in? You always give me the one that's farther away that's gonna take that I don't have two kids to forget about things like this. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Oh, this is the uh, whoo. Okay. Ah. Uh. Do I get a belt if I win or what's going on? <laughs> it's just bragging rights. It's bragging. You get to do something that Sean Rossap and Renee Paquette could not do, which was beat uh, SP3. So you are up 10 to four right now. SP3, I think you are going to thank me after this round is over. All right. I think you are going to thank me after this round is over. Round two. You have 10 seconds, said Polar the third, to name five of the men to compete in the 2020 casino ladder match five of the nine men who competed in the 2020 casino ladder match when you hear the music brian cage darby allen uh Kazarian, scorpio sky joey janela yeah yes did you was your mic on mute <laughs> yes it was <laughs> 
damn, I, dude. I, I was like thinking they like who did I don't even remember this match. <laughs> Brian, that was Brian Cage when he uh, debuted and he won. Uh, Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, and Luchasaurus uh, were the men in that match. So that is uh, a big five points there to tie the game. Oh, no, sorry, he's up ten, so it is ten to nine. All right. Doc, this is a, a bit of a harder question. Okay. Thank you, you. Have, you have 10 seconds to name the final five competitors. The final five competitors in the 2021 Casino Battle Royale. So the five guys who were in that match last when you hear the music. Oh my god. Um Well, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> oh, I'm done. All right. Well, I He spent more time thinking. <laughs> I couldn't think of anybody, man. Like Oh, uh, I would have got the final two. The only name I came up with was I was like that was the year Leo Rush was in it, right? And that was what I was going to say. I could not come up with anything. Yeah, no, he was in it, but he was only in it for like 3 minutes and I'm not mistaken. He like did his whole dancing around, you know, stuff and juking and jiving. And then he got tossed uh, that match. A lot of it was built around Matt Hardy and Christian. And those were two uh, finalists right. along with Mark Quinn and Isaiah Double Cassidy boy. who were with Matt Hardy. And then the guy who actually won the damn match, which was jungle boy. You know, I swear to God, if he, if these were questions about like SummerSlam 92, I would own, <laughs> I would own this competition. Like, for some reason, my brain holds on to that information from when I was younger so much better than it does because currently. It, because you've known it for so long. It's further ingrained into your mind, right? True. That's but, like, why do I remember that the Legion of Doom faced Ted DiBiase and IRS? Like, nobody cared about that match. Why do I remember that it took place? <laughs> I have no earthly idea. All right. So, it is 10 to nine doc over sp3 so this question is worth negative one points no i'm kidding uh it's going to be worth two points that is all that is necessary in this it is worth two points again doc this is head to head so you buzz in by saying your name okay first person to get it right obviously will win if neither of you get it right doc you will win by default the first ever women's match in double or nothing history was a fatal four-way Featuring Dr. Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and which two ladies who are no longer signed to AEW? SP3. All right, Sid rings in. Your answer, good sir. What was the two you just named? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get in first. I just wanted to get in first. But I know it was uh, Kylie Ray and Awesome Kong. Yes, those were the two. Yes, those were it. So SP3, once again, the winning streak is... I can up. guarantee I never would have come up with Awesome Kong. Uh, it was supposed to be Brandy Rose, but she was replaced by... That's Aubrey. right. I even I even interviewed Brandy and talked about all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first ever women's fa uh, was a fatal four-way match. Dr. Britt Baker, Nyla Rose. Versus Kylie Ray and Awesome Kong. Sid, since uh, you, you know, we, we know what you do. Doc, pimp everything. You get the winner, the winner's circle time anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Anybody who wants to follow me can follow my work on Bleacher Report through BR app or just BleacherReport.com. 
uh my interview with wardlow just published and yeah that was fun um and shout out to maggie uh you follow her on twitter maggie underscore ik i had wardlow do a little shout out for her at the end of the interview and then she designed a drink specially for him she posted the video of that today on her twitter i retweeted it so everybody go check that out show maggie some love because she's great um yeah that's i'm usually just messing around on twitter at br underscore doctor so you know follow me if you like pro wrestling and random tweets about dick tracy sometimes <laughs> great stuff doc we appreciate you coming in you're the best as far as aew coverage is concerned uh in my book sp3 you can follow that man over on true heel sp3 plus you got your show big show coming up on saturday i'm sure yeah, check out True Hill Heat 177, Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time with special guest Steve from Steven Larson's Going In Raw. We're going to be previewing AEW Double or Nothing, talking about the latest wrestling news. And later today, 12.05 p.m. Eastern Time, our uh, Double or Nothing preview and predictions over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel with Russell Talk's own Tempest joining us to preview the show. So check that out. Good stuff, as always. You can follow me at Rick Uccino. If you're listening on the podcast, that is spelled U-C-C-H-I-N-O. It's also R-I-C-K, not R-I-C, like the flair. Uh, check out hey, my conversation. Uh, when is Rick and Ricky dropping their, their first LP? <laughs> it's double Rick. Uh, yes, my conversation with Ricky Starks is up there right now uh, on the, uh, uh, what are we on? This is the uh, Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. That's right. I got like four different outlets I work for. It's been a long week already. Thank God it's Friday. Uh, the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. It is it's up there. Thursday, Rick. <laughs> this is dropping tomorrow, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to shatter the imagery right there. I know. Yes. Uh, always keep it kayfabe. Anyway, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Uccino. Subscribe to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Follow my work over on Cage Side Seats and catch me on Redacted anytime on over. I'm on over there. We appreciate you guys so much uh, for tuning in to the, uh, the AW Double or Nothing prediction show. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Sid. Sid and I will be back live 2.15 Monday to recap all of this stuff that has been going down here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. So again, pound the thumbs up button, pound the subscribe button. Thank you so much. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Have fun. We'll talk to you on Monday. Take care, guys. Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.